It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning, 66 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves along with Ashton Ritchie from the Scotts Company this morning, where we're celebrating today, yeah, here it comes, where we're celebrating today, World Naked Gardening Day. Today is the 5th of May. The first Saturday in May is always celebrated as World Naked Gardening. Ashton is always my... This is the 14th year. It is. Yeah, we haven't done it for 14 no, years, but I think we've been Three, celebrating four, World Naked yeah. Gardening Days for four or five years. Pictured, those of you who do not believe that Ashton and I would celebrate in the manner that it is intended, go to that website. Go to worldnakedgardeningday.com, and you'll see some pictures of yours truly and him truly not too well, not too not too much clothes. Honestly. Well, I think if you go to the worldnakedgardeningday.org, uh, you see a lot of Brits that are in their yeah. 80s that yeah, are holding right. uh, watering cans in strategic locations. But if you go to walterreeves.com or worldnakedgardeningday.com, oh okay, which is my website that I read. Oh okay, uh-huh. I didn't know about that. Uh, just me and Ashton. So maybe I need to see which photos you used of me because uh, only the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> you can be assured, only the good ones, only the ones your wife Rita would approve. Well, of. Rita was uh, totally naked under her clothes when she uh, took those photos. They use a line that you used a few years ago that I have used so many times, totally naked under her clothes. Mm. I think that's so funny. I think we all are, Jason. Look at him. He's celebrating in there, totally naked underneath his clothes this morning. He certainly has <laughs> got, got it right here. By the way, the people, you may not know this, but our good friends at uh, Paradise Valley Clothing Optional Resort up in Dawsonville, they're having a garden seminar today. If you care to go to Dawsonville today and Learn about gardening. I believe they're potting plants and planting some things, and they'll be doing that in their own celebration, celebratory way up there. Wow. Yeah. This All is. Right. I can, it's almost like you can't unseen unseen that, can you? <laughs> Gardeners outdoors, many are not the supermodels that you would expect. No, the, you know, the big, strong guy with the buff muscles and things like yeah. that. They're mostly eh, people they're, like you. Yeah. You're like. <laughs> If I could just say one thing, yeah. out of all these years we've celebrated World Naked Gardening Day here in the radio studio, I just appreciate the fact that you do not have the air conditioning on this morning, because <laughs> the last few years, boy, it's I'm telling you, it yeah. was hard to do. It'll make you think. Sure it's hard will. to do, yeah. I almost like went over and grabbed my clothes again. Let's go to the phones. we got Gary in Roswell. Hey, Gary, good morning. Welcome to London Garden. Good, good, good morning. Hey, um, you have me nervous with the uh, local <laughs> holiday you're celebrating. I was just calling in for brown patch in uh, fescue sod, yeah. and I need to know how to get rid of it with a liquid uh, fungicide. What would you recommend? Remember that any law disease has to have three things present before you have a disease. You've got to have a, the successful grass, in your case, fescue. Um, B, you got to have the right environmental conditions, meaning right temperature at night, right temperature during the day. And C, you have to have the actual fungus inoculum, the, you know, the disease-producing fungus there. So if you have any two of those, you won't have a disease. If you have three of them together, you have a disease. So if there's any environmental thing that you can fix, like not watering too often, not putting so much fertilizer on the fescue, then those will help you to avoid brown patch to begin with 
So, actually, let's explore this with you a little bit. Okay. Let's find out what's going on here. So, how much are you watering? How much are you fertilizing? Tell me more about the history of the lawn. The, the, uh, the history is it's one month old. It's okay. newly installed uh, fescue okay. and was in, uh, fertilized when it was put in. That's it. One and we've limited ago. watering, but as you know, we've had a lot of yeah, rain this spring. Rain. So. Yeah, the, the, the thing about uh, brown patch is it can be successfully treated. Uh, is, you know, I'm not a big fan of putting fungicides on lawns. Uh, I'm, I'm like Walter says, uh, if you can plant the better grasses or whatever. But with the fescue, you know, feed it more in the fall than you do in the spring. But I would say that if you want to put a fungicide down, uh, you know, I'm I'm a retired Scots guy, but so I do know that there's a systemic f- granular fungicide called Lawn Fungus Control from Scots that gives you uh, a pretty long protection. Yeah, and what, what I would do is put it down um, when you start to see sort of the, the grass get that smoky look where it starts to turn a little bit darker color. But if you don't need it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it down. But yeah. if, you, uh, if you can put it down right at the beginning, it does a, it does a real good job on uh, preventing and controlling brown mm-hmm. patch. Pike has the bonide infused, which is also a systemic fungicide. Yeah, but systemic is definitely the way to yeah. go because uh, it'll give you a longer control. Yeah. What, what the, symptoms do you see, George, Any, or Gary? I mean, what kind of symptoms did you notice it to begin with? Well, uh, within the last five, six days, we have we have the brown patches. Um, yeah. And it's gone from green to um, light, light tan, if you will. You know, yeah. It's browning out, so, you know, we need to hit something on it, hit something fast. And usually what I see is the patches begin to grow, and yep. sort of a target appearance. The middle will start greening up a little bit, and the outside edge is going to be the brown you know, dead, desiccated uh, grass into the, the, the target, that ring, the, the border, I guess, is, is what I noticed will soften on brown patch on, on fescue. But remember, too, that you were fertilizing a little bit late. I know it was a month ago, but that was back in <clears throat> in April. And generally speaking, I try to avoid fertilizing in, in the spring because, as Ashton said, the fall is when the fescue really, really wants to be fed. Yeah, hey, I feed it three, three times October. in the fall. Yeah. yeah. Another time, maybe in February, another time, maybe in March. But if you can feed it from September through March three times, you'll be way ahead of the game and not do anything in April. Okay. All right, so you got the fungicide. you got the stuff to go out and just spray it with. Go out and stop the brown patch now and don't fertilize again uh, until fall comes on the fescue. Excellent. Thank you so much. You bet, Gary. Thanks for calling. Have a great day. Bye. Our number is 404-872-0750. If you have a question about your lawn, particularly since Ashton is here from the Scotts Company, retired from the Scotts Company, many things have happened, I'm sure, since you retired, Ashton, but still the basics are there. You fertilize fescue in the fall. You fertilize your warm season grasses like Bermuda and Zoysia and Centipede. Fertilize those during the summertime. It's 714, and we've got, let's see, Robin comes to us from uh, Bethlehem, Georgia. Hey, Robin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you all? Hey, you're fine, Robin. How can we help? Well, I bought a um, <clears throat> gardenia, and I planted it two years ago in a flower bed, but I planted it too close to the air conditioner. Uh-huh. And so it it, um, it didn't like it, and, and um, it's got brown and black on it, and I thought, well, maybe I should move it. <laughs> so I moved it down to the end of the flower bed, but I wonder if, it will recover. I didn't know if if it was actually injured or if that might be a sign of a fungus. When you said recover, for how many leaves were affected? How much? How much is involved? Um, probably at least seventy five percent of it. It's you know the leaves have dark, mm. um, and some of the stems are also dark. Yeah. But it does have new growth at the ends. 
You got some money, Ashley? You want to bet with uh, Robin and see what's going to happen to her gardenia? Um, oh, today's Kentucky Derby. You better have Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Robin. Better have your money we, on the red. Uh, do we have a horse in a race that's named Gardenia? That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know that we can predict whether it's going to survive or not, Robin. I guess the... All we can say is wait and see. Um, I don't think I'd do much of anything now. I wouldn't prune it. I wouldn't try to do anything. Maybe take off dead branches if one is completely dead. Gardeners, okay. I think, are pretty tough. They can withstand some injury, not like holly maybe, but they're still pretty tough plants. So it would not surprise me if it survived. It wouldn't surprise me if it died either one. So let's put it that way. I don't know if there's anything you can do to make it better. You can't fertilize anything out of a problem. If it's got a problem, fertilizer is not going to help it get any, any better, I don't think, in this case. Okay. Well, you've been really helpful. <laughs> well, sort of maybe. Who are you rooting for in the Kentucky Derby, Robin? I was thinking um, my boy Jack. My boy Jack. Why particularly? Um, just sounded good to me. Well, you know, that's I, a good I, reason. That was great, but, uh, yeah, my boy Jack sounds good. I think winner, winner, chicken dinner would be the one I'd vote for. <laughs> no, 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 chicken dinner at Cinco de Mayo. You have to have tacos today. <laughs> Rob, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. All right, bye-bye. Uh, Bob comes to us. Hey, Bob, good morning. Hey, Bob. Hey, Walter, how you doing? You're doing all right. What's up? Happy Sixers in Mayo. Thanks, sir. And as far as the gardening day, not every one of us has a pretty body. Bob, <laughs> <laughs> now you don't know about that. I don't know. Walter oh, Walter yeah, could be on a calendar. Ready. Walter could definitely be on a calendar. I was just going to say that any one of us can enjoy our body. Yeah. What's your question, okay. Bob? Uh, I had, when I moved to my apartment, my duplex, about 20 years ago, somebody told me it was an umbrella tree, but your call screener seemed to doubt hmm. that an umbrella tree here. So it was this very tall tree, yeah. had long limbs, and these limbs had like a full double row of leaves. Is it leaves or is it needles? Which, which do you have? Oh, no, leaves. Okay, leaves. So it's not an umbrella pine. Okay, go ahead. And... Uh, it has such a massive, broad-spread root structure yeah. that has so many upshoots coming up, like a jungle huh. around the main t uh, tree. So I cut the tree down, filled it all to uh, bore holes in it, and put rock salt in it, and water that good, and it would kill the stump. Well, it may or may not have killed the stump, but the root system is still well alive. It's putting up sprouts, you mean? And every summer I have sprouts. Huh. Now, what, let me let me break off a little bit here, Bob, and talk to Ashton. So what tree would we call an umbrella tree? It's not an umbrella pine. It has sprouts that come up from the ground all the time. He's killed the sump pretty well, but I can't think of a, I, a tree I, that's I, called I'm, umbrella I'm, draw, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, no. It has big leaves. Well, like a houseplant, Charpillera, and stuff yeah, like that. that you know, have been outside, but that wouldn't be outside, not here. Well, I didn't say big leaves. Yeah, I think it has a double row of leaves on each very long stem. 
Uh, willow, willows and stuff yeah, like that. Uh, maybe willows. Because yeah, sure. that would definitely have the sprouts underneath. Yeah, exactly. Bob, I think what we're going to have to do is put you onto my website where it has that name that plant button that you can uh, click and upload some pictures. Because other than knowing, we can't do anything unless we know what the plant is. That's the real key. And without a real photograph, a good description of it. I don't think we'll know what it is any further. So go ahead and on my website, WalterReese.com, click on Name That Plant, upload three pictures in, tell us a few details. We'll figure out what it is from that, and then we'll know what to say about what to do about it. Okay? 719 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. Gardening Day. Yes, a quick weather update brought to you by Active Security. Today, 80 degrees will be the high overnight, low around 57. Tomorrow, about the same. Very sunny today with a chance of a shower once or twice during the day. Tomorrow, high of 81, low of 60. A full weekend forecast comes with 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Real quickly, Calvin in Bethlehem, join us on Lawn and Garden. Let's get it done. Get out of here, Calvin. What you got? Good morning, Walter. Enjoying your show. Thank you. Well, I just want to know about spraying apple trees in the, you know, I've already started spraying them in the spring, and yeah. uh, I use a product by Bone Coat, Orchard Spray. Got it, good. And, uh, you know, because of the rain in the spring we've had, I've, you know, I've treated it pretty often. But I, I, I'm just wondering if the, what I've got is right about how to apply it. Uh, I was told where I bought it, that you spray at the root, at the uh, drip line of yeah, the tree. Yeah, right. It's so you just spray the ground around the drip line. No, 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 no. The orchard spray goes on the leaves of the tree. Okay, that's where he... That's yeah, where there's I, a problem right there, Cal. we got to put it on the leaves of the tree because that's where the, most of the fungal problems on a tree are going to be. So, leaves of tree, repeat it a couple of times, whatever the label says, and hopefully prevent the diseases on the apple tree. It's 728 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 60, <clears throat> usually 66 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful. And today is presenting the bare facts and naked truth about <laughs> gardening as we celebrate World Naked Gardening Day. Ashton Ritchie is with you from the Scotts Company. And those of you who are a little too shy, who just can't quite see yourself outside and all together, tomorrow... World Pajama Gardening Day. If you want to get outside in your pajamas, you can do that as well. So the World Naked Gardening Day is the first Saturday in May every year. First Saturday in May. And the World Pajama Gardening Day, Garden Day is, is the first Sunday, Sunday. After, the, okay. after the first Saturday. So uh, depends on which way your, your clock swings, whichever way you want to celebrate. You can do it today. 
and uh, tonight, tomorrow, any it, day. It, it seems appropriate that you wouldn't be quite as risque on Sunday as you would Probably on Saturday. Not, exactly. You don't want people going yeah, to church. Yeah, you're going to repent, repent on exactly, Sunday. Exactly. Let's go to the phones, actually. We've got people asking questions today. Dean is in Clarksville and joins us. Hey, Dean, good morning. Good morning, sir. Hey, what's up, brother? I have got some roses that I planted a couple of weeks ago, uh, bought at the big box store. Yeah. They are called Blue Ladies, and it's an area that I decided to put under cultivation. Anyway, the two of the, uh, I planted for them, two of them have down at the bottom, the leaves are start turning yellow, mm-hmm. and they have, I've been told that they have a fungus. Mm-hmm by a lawn and garden store in Cornelia. Yeah. Anyway, they sold me, <clears throat> excuse me, Daycom fungicide ready-to-use spray. Yeah. Put it on, and then I removed all the leaves that were infected, and <clears throat> but it keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah. So I, is there a product that you could recommend that would help me through this problem? This is another the, the disease you have very likely is called black spot on roses because that's what it does. It makes black spot on the roses. They turn yellow. Yeah. They fall off. End of story. And many many roses are susceptible to the disease. That was one of the big things about knockout roses. Knockout roses would tolerate black spots so much better. They wouldn't drop the leaves quite as rapidly. They wouldn't get infected infected quite as quickly. And so that's why the knockout roses are so popular. But as far as other roses that are, are susceptible to it. Fungicide is almost always going to be, you know, something you have to use pretty regularly. We've talked actually about systemic fungicide this morning. So Scotts has a systemic, Bonide has a systemic fungicide. Or with O, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So either way, <clears throat> get a fungicide that says systemic because it goes in the roots, it goes in the leaves, it goes in the sap, it goes all over the plant rather than just a surface fungicide. And the product you got, Dacanil, is what I think you have, Chlorothalonil, Dean. And it is a surface fungicide and does not go into the system of the plant. So it has okay. to be it, it has to be on the leaves to protect the leaves, yeah. and then it, it gets washed away after about five days. So usually, uh, systemic would be a way to go. Yeah. And then also, okay. I would I would say make sure they're not planted too deep. I mean, that's that's you know sometimes that's it the case weakens, with roses. It weakens the plant to be. And, it t- and you get the yellowing on especially the lower leaves and stuff yeah. like that. Are you mulching underneath your roses much, uh, Dean? Yes. Okay, good, because each year I want you I want you to renew that mulch, to remove the mulch that you have there and put new mulch underneath the plant because the mulch can hold some of the fungi and some of the diseased leaves that you didn't pick up and get off the plant. It gets reinfected by them, so do a good sanitation job in the fall, too. Okay. The systemic, is that, is that a spray on or is that a something that you... Apply to the ground. I think bonide comes as both a granular and It's a granular. Spray. I think yeah. it, granulars are what you go see a lot, but, yeah. but uh, you can get it both ways. Okay. All right. I've got some of this Bayer uh, fertilizer, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. the Bayer Advance. Is that a systemic? The tebiconazole is a systemic, yes. And it's sold as uh, the Bayer 2 in 1 or Bayer 3 in 1. Which do you have? not far from where I'm sitting. <laughs> but you don't want to get out of the chair and go look and see. Well, actually, uh, since this is uh, out in the garden naked day, <laughs> I, I was reluctant to get up and go. It's two in one. Two in one. So you got the fertilizer and a fungicide in there? Yes. Yeah. 
it is uh, systemic. Yes, okay, it is. yeah. You could use that. It would work fine as well. Yeah, and be careful around those roses on World Decade Gardening Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad you told me that. I don't <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. You bet, Dean. Thanks for calling. Look both ways. We'll see you soon, my friend. <laughs> Tammy is in Woodstock and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tammy, good morning. Tammy? Tammy? Well, Tammy, put Tammy back on hold there. Go to Bill and said, Bill's down in Decatur and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning, sir. And I want to say thank you very much for <laughs> the advice you give us so willingly. Yeah. And today I'm going to have to keep all my britches. One, there's too many kids <laughs> in my neighborhood. And there's some things that just don't need to get a sunlight. <laughs> Decatur is a pretty liberal town, you know, Bill, though you might be surprised what they'd accept and not accept. Mm-hmm. Just Maybe just shorts and no shirt maybe might be <laughs> what you could wear. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to at least keep on my britches. So right. That's for sure. What's the well, question, Walter, Bill? The question I have for you is I have a extremely well-established azalea bush i am 50 years old and i know it's been there for at least 30 okay it is i'm six foot tall it's over six foot tall and it's well over six feet wide around and i'm wanting to know when should i prune this thing down it's getting so tall that even with the moisture of the early (laughs) mornings my branches are the 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 branches coming up from the ground if you call them branches yeah are starting to really roll back over and hit the ground. Plus, yeah. it's really beautiful on the ends, but now I'm getting kind of just sticky or leggy in the middle. Sure, perfect, perfect description of what's going on. How do I prune that, and when do I prune that? Uh, what about when comes first, and that is today, because it's finished blooming. It's got all the flowers are gone from it, I'm pretty sure. And, and so I would prune it yes, today. Yes, it is. And um, one of the things to think about is that for the next year, the next blooming season after you prune one severely, it's not going to bloom quite as full and covered in flowers like it was when it was unpruned as you have for the last several years. So don't be yes. surprised next year if you prune it from, let's say, six feet down to three feet. Don't be surprised next year if you don't get quite that full coverage of flowering because you'll have a lot of juvenile growth. Some of it won't bloom, some of it will. And it'll be the second year after you do the severe prunes, you get back to the covering with the pretty white pretty white flowers, pretty azalea flowers on it. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, this, this one's actually pink. Okay, I've got pink, red, yeah. pink, and yellow in my yard, and they are well-established. It's actually my mother's yard, yeah. but it's a, a very well-loved plant. We want to keep it that way, but I'm afraid they're going to break if I don't do something yeah. with it. And if you get out this afternoon, prune it down to whatever height you like. I want to give it a little bit of space to grow into. It's going to grow, you know, naturally over the summertime. It'll recover some, so maybe prune it down to about oh, a foot lower than where you really want the flowers to be next year and the year after. So you can do that as well. But today's right, the day now, to do it. Uh, the question for you: Where do I cut that? At? You know, I'm looking at these stems, and they have like what looks to be little knuckles. Mm-hmm. You know, from spot to spot. Do I cut them there, above, below, or does it really matter? You could get obsessive about it and say above, below, half an inch this way and that. Frankly, (laughs) I don't worry about it too much when I'm doing one that severely. I just go in my loppers and lop off the limbs where I can reach in and get them them cut. Okay, well, I just wanted to make sure. My my mother's had this plant for a very long time, and 
I want to make sure I'm doing right by yeah. the plant also. <laughs> You're not going to kill it. I guarantee you will not kill it, and it will respond to the severe pruning. just won't bloom very good next year. Yes, sir. Well, thank you very much, sir. And like I said, once again, thank you for what you do and the advice you give all of us. Oh, thank you, Bill. Appreciate you it. great day, sir. Thanks yes, for calling. Sir. Thank Bye-bye. you, sir. Bill was doing other things while he was working there. What was he doing? He's cranking <laughs> I don't know. his car. He's going into the garage. A question I would have is, uh, in, and I don't know the answer to it, is you, you said you couldn't hurt it by pruning it. Are there some shrubs where you would want to maybe limit how much you would cut them back? Yeah, you know, there's some. <laughs> One of them was my advice to my uh, neighbor when he had a euonymus. It had also a euonymus scale on it. And my general experience with euonymus is it responds pretty well to being pruned. Well, Gus got out there and pruned it from like four feet high down to six inches high because oh, wow. get off all the limbs that, that have the scale on them and it'll come back and sadly that did not come back uh-huh. and Mr. Reeves' reputation in the neighborhood was pretty <laughs> damaged for that reason. So, uh, you know, I guess you could cut something way, way, way down, put a sporum uh-huh. and... and uh, but uh, I'd always heard of like a one-third rule. Uh, yeah, one-third is probably better, but he wouldn't take it by half. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Instead of an azalea or a holly, something they'll like bounce, that, they'll they'll come back. Okay, that's good to, good to know. we got Lewis on the line. <clears throat> Lewis is in Marietta, Georgia. Hey, Lewis, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. Hey. Say, you had a caller this morning uh, uh, near 7 o'clock or right after that uh, talked about brown patch. Mm-hmm. And I guess I maybe I misunderstood or wasn't listening closely enough, but it, I heard a lot of stuff about prevention. Yeah. Uh, but I missed the stuff about treatment. So I got it right now in a fescue lawn deluxe. And I wonder how a guy goes about treating it once it's there. Spray it. I mean, that's the way you put a fungicide down almost always for the lawn fungicides anyway. There is a gran- uh, Like okay. I said, Scott's has the granular okay. uh, uh, systemic. Lawn, it's called Scott's Lawn Fungus Control. It is a systemic, and right. you just put that down and water it in, and it uh, gives you about three weeks to like a month, a good month. So, so it stops it stops the fungus from spreading, right. but it does not cure. It does not go in and make the grass turn green again immediately. The grass has to either be seeded or if it was Bermuda or Zoya, maybe to climb and you know, grow back into the dead spot, but it doesn't make the fescue turn green again for you at all. Well, so you mean after you treat it, then you uh, seed it. Yeah, in the fall. In the fall, it's certainly better. If you if you had a little seed in the garage, you want to try it in the little spots that are dead right now. I guess you could, but spring and early summer seeded fescue just never prospers very much because it gets too hot, too quick for the fescue to really survive the summer. But you could try it if you wanted to. So basically, the idea is just to stop it now, yeah. and then seed it in the fall. Perfect answer, exactly. Okay. Well, now uh, here's another angle. It really, I had some patches of Bermuda, and it's it's the Bermuda patches. It appears to me that it attacked. Any mm-hmm. difference in the answer? No, yeah. and I can't imagine why it attacked Bermuda first, because fescue is the one most susceptible to it. Because fescue is growing so rapidly, it just is lusher. Is this sun, sun or shade? Sun or shade? It's sun, and I have a lawn service. I mean, I, uh, you know, we put stuff on it six times a year. Yeah. <laughs> make sure that if you have fescue, make sure they're not fertilizing the fescue in the summertime. Make sure of that. And they may be fertilizing, thinking they're supposed to be feeding the Bermuda and the fescue at the same time, but fertilizing fescue during the summer is always going to be a chancy proposition. Just putting more growth on the fescue, more lush growth in the summertime is really not a good idea. Right. But the fescue doesn't <clears throat> like that. Is sod an option if I can't stand looking at it for the summer? Oh, yeah, you could, but 
still, it's not going to be well established by the middle of the summer in July and August when it's really hot. This even side's going to be sort of peaking, sort of yellow. If the, if the, if the, if the fescue's going out on you, then the Bermuda's going to fill in those spots pretty fast. Yeah, and the fescue, the Bermuda is much more adapted to full sun anyway, so maybe if it, maybe you should convert over to Bermuda in the first place. Maybe Bermuda but is the if, best if, if you got the shade, then the, the fescue could hang yeah, in. I agree. 748 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Edna was 80 years old last July. She's old and gray now and so am I. Through all of our married life, all of our days, we've started each morning the very same way we go waltzing around in the nude. The neighbors complain that it's crude But Edna and I think we've been misconstrued It's not lewd waltzing around in the nude Celebrating World Naked Gardening Day on Lawn and Garden Show <laughs> Waltzing, gardening, you name it, we can do it in the nude a full, full, <clears throat> the, uh, what am I doing now? A weather report, a quick weather report. Marty about Ackerman Security got all excited about the waltzing yeah, and the nude. When you put waltzing and nude together, boy, I tell you. <laughs> and the weather, here it comes. 80 degrees, chance of showers today, mostly sunny today. 80 degrees is the high, the low around 65 tonight. Tomorrow, 81, the high, and the low around 50. The full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes with News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We've got Kim in Decatur who joins us. Hey, Kim. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Kim. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I got one of those homeowner surprises this week. Part of my sewer line collapsed from the house to the county tap-in, and I had to have a whole new line put in. Okay. And so they had this big excavator out there with the, you know, the the caterpillar kind of wheel and tread things. and. So they did a lovely job, and they flattened it out after they were done. But now I've got about a 25 by 70 foot um, uh, stretch in my yard that's just all messed up. It's dirt. Yeah. I was going to reseed it with Zoysia. Um, Great. Yeah, yeah, this is the time what to do it. What I do? Uh, take a rake, go out there as best you can to rake it, uh, make it nice and rough. So you have little ridges and things and loosen as best you can. That's all I can say. That's best you can, Kim. Should I till it? If you got a tiller, yeah, it'd be nice. It sure would, okay. because these zoysia... I'm going to rent one for something else. Yeah, if you're oh. going to do it anyway, sure, why not? And then plant the zoysia. I've mentioned to several people this spring that wait until it's nice and warm. Wait till the soil is warm. Wait till then. And that's now. Now, early May, the soil is warm. You can plant zoysia seed and be just fine. Okay. Uh, is there any place I could go to look online for some steps of how to do this too? Why, as a matter of fact, if you were to go to WalterReeves.com and type the word zoysia sod, or zoysia seed, I should say. Try zoysia seed, and I think I've got some steps just tailored for you how to do the zoysia seed in the spring. Should be easy, should be easy to do, and you'll have nice zoysia seed in about uh, July. Nice grass growing there. It's 7.58. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.